everybody, this is Jim Ford. And I'm Dan Kritsky. And this is The Lantern Cast. Episode 29. This is our grandiose happy birthday Hal Jordan episode. Yeah, he's 50 now? 50, 75? 50. Alright, well that's not as impressive as 75, but still good, you know. It's DC that's turning 75 next year, I think that's what I was thinking of. Yes, yes. But, uh... Hal Jordan just turned 50. His first appearance was Showcase number 22, which came out around September, October of 1959. Was it 59 or 58? 59. That's why this is his 50th year. Oh, that's true. Hmm. <laughs> we could just edit that part out. No, let's keep it. <laughs> I, can, I, I can laugh at myself. It's fine. <laughs> um... Now others will be able to laugh at you, too. Woohoo! Uh, before we go into that, why don't we, uh, I guess we don't really have any news this week, but there is uh, one kind of a shout-out. Yes. <laughs> um, if you are on Facebook at all, and you go to our Lantern Cast Facebook page, which is conveniently linked to our website, lanterncast.com, there is a post from one of our fans, Mark Marble, who he uh, he just became an administrator on a game. It's a, a Lantern Core War game app for Facebook. I've been playing for the past, I guess, day, and I'm completely addicted to it. So, um, I mean, if you... You know, if you don't want to get addicted to a game, then, you know, okay, well, that's the only reason why I could see you not wanting to play this. Because it is kind of fun, and uh, it's just starting out right now. Mark is making a lot of uh, upgrades to it, adding different missions. You can play as, I think, any Lantern Corps right now. And they each have different missions, like if you make it to level 10 for the Red Lanterns, then I think one of the missions has to do with Dexter. Oh. <laughs> did I did I just sway you to becoming uh, a player in this game as a Red Lantern? Yeah, yeah, I maybe. Because <laughs> that's cause that's the thing. Like everybody I know is obsessed with Facebook games, and I'm just like, just so incredibly not interested. Yeah. So like I got I got the invite for this one, but I I didn't really check it out yet because I wanted to see what. Like what you thought of it and like what it was like, and is this one of those where it's like, like stat based kind of things where you're like, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. I think there's some kind of like mafia war thing that's pretty big, and I saw my friend playing it once, and you just, uh, I I don't know, it's almost like you just say yes or no to this or that, and based on that, they give you an outcome that alters your stats a bit, and you just keep going like that. Yeah, like. I, I would say that at this point it, it is kind of like that. So it's uh, it's not it's not that complicated to learn, and you know it's not that difficult to play. But with the you know with the additions of you know more missions to go on, and you know if we get more people to you know go and play this game, then you know the more people that play, the better the game is going to get the better the interactions are going to get, and, you know, the better the game is going to get. And realistically, like, we don't have a lot of options for Green Lantern video games. 
at all. Yeah. So what what you know, Mark and I believe it's uh, Mr. Vega that created the game. What what they're doing, like you know, by just going out there and coming up with something that you can play Green Lantern related. It's, you know, it's a cool thing. And definitely, if you're one of our fans on Facebook, then definitely check it out. You can join up Team Lantern Cast. Oh, my God. Did you name a team that? Yeah, yeah, we have a Team Lantern Cast. Jesus. And if you are not one of our fans on Facebook yet, then by all means, please come and join us on Facebook. We, uh, we, we want as many fans as we can possibly get. And once you sign up for the Lantern Cast, then go and check out this game, Lantern Core War video game app. I'll probably give it a shot. I can tell right now it's going to be a tougher sell on me just because, I don't know, I like being able to see, like, a character doing stuff when I play a game, you know? Like, well, at least when it comes to, like, video or computer games, that kind of thing. Right. Like, alright, I hate Farmville. (laughs) <laughs> but if they could adapt Farmville and this game together and, like, mush them together, where, like, each plot of land is a sector and you have to fill it up with as many of your lanterns as possible and then you can, like, like kill your neighbor and take their sector and convert their core into your... That would be awesome. See these little cute little lanterns running around. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Um, yeah, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Fine. Oh, I I have no idea who this is, but um, in one of the upteen billion Farmville picture update things that people I know on Facebook put up, somebody like arranged their plants or whatever on their plot of land to form a Green Lantern emblem. I'm like, all right, that's a good use of the game. I approve. <laughs> so I guess you didn't notice that when I first started playing Farmville. My entire plot of land was laid out to look like our logo. No. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks a lot. I try my best not to look at Farmville things, alright? It's just everywhere. I feel the same way about Farmville now as most people above the age of 12 felt about Pokemon like seven years ago. I don't really know how that's supposed to be taken because seven years ago I don't know how popular it was. Well, I don't either, but, you know. <laughs> that's a really weird analogy. That's like that's an analogy that requires like research to figure out what it actually meant. Well, because it's like, it's like it was, it's really popular, it's everywhere, but it's, it's, it's just annoying, you know? Okay. But you know what's not annoying? What? The Lantern Core War game app for Facebook that Mark Marble is an administrator on. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's probably good. So, everybody check that out. Is each different core a team? Because you said, like, like are all the green people working together and that kind of thing? Or No, no, like, you know, we can have, I think, a team of various different color cores. Hmm. So join the Lantern Cast team, and we'll start up the Multicolor Light Brigade. We're not going to call it that. <laughs> we'll call it Team Lantern Cast. That's marginally better, I guess. Oh, I guess we have one other little update. Oh, we do? Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a minor one, but our logo is changing as of this episode. Really? Yes. 
Oh, that's sooner than I thought. <laughs> yeah, we, we got it all finalized, and uh, we love it. It's it's a great logo. took us a while to get it to be exactly perfect to what we wanted, but we got it, so say goodbye to the old logo. I love the new logo. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> it's my background on my phone. Yeah, I try doing that, but I have too much crap going on on my phone screen already, so I can't see most of it. Ah, <laughs> uh, so sad. Okay, and on that note, let's take a quick break and then come back with Happy Birthday Hal. Hi, my name's Mike. Join me and my brother-in-law, Rich, as we discuss DC's comic book, The Flash, on our podcast entitled Flashback. It's located at flashbackpodcast.podbean.com. That's flashbackpodcast.podbean.com. And we're back, everybody. Yep. All right, so... It being Hal's 50th, we're going to take a look at, well, rightly so, his first appearance, which is Showcase number 22 from back in 19... 59, 1959. That one, yeah. And everything in here is uh, written by John Broom with art by Gil Kane and Joe Giella. And I'm... You, you, want, you want to take us through his origin? Well... Before I do that, I would like to add a couple of things. So just to give a little backstory to this issue. Now, this is 1959. So, you know, Hal Jordan, he's like basically a a space superhero. Well, that's probably because, like, in 1957, that's when the the space race kind of started when Sputnik was launched. Um, America had launched something by February of 1958, which was like four months after Sputnik. And, uh, you know, space, outer space, was on everybody's mind. In in addition to that, if you look at the cover price of this comic, it was only 10 cents. Now, if you account for inflation, (laughs) then this comic today would cost 73 cents. Is that wait? Is that where we should be with comic prices as opposed to two ninety nine and three ninety nine? Listen, listen. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna comment on that right now. I'm just saying that inflation wise, this particular comic would have cost seventy three cents today. I, I mean, I guess that doesn't take into account like paper costs and stuff like that. But still. Wow. Hey, did people know what Sputnik was by this point? Because I know there was a lot of like like, fear surrounding that, at least on our end. Yeah, yeah, no, they, everybody knew that they had, you know, launched uh, a satellite and uh, America was, like, racing to, you know, keep up with them. So, also, just uh, three years earlier, they had restarted Flash in 1956. That was kicking off the Silver Age. And for, for Green Lantern in general... The last appearance of Alan Scott in the Golden Age was 1951 in All-Star Comics number number 57. So there were no Green Lantern stories at all for eight years. No, wait, 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 wait. What what year did did Alan stop appearing? 1951. I mean, I was surprised to learn that Hal showed up when he did because I always picture like 
like Alan showing up in 1940 and Hal showing up in like 1950. Like I didn't realize how big of a gap there was between them. Yeah, yeah, no, there, it was. It, it's it's pretty sub- substantial. Like uh, Alan Scott's comic, his Green Lantern comic was ended in 1949. So a Green Lantern comic, they they actually went like a full on decade without, but. Alan Scott was still showing up in All-Star Comics. So, yeah, 1951 was the last time he showed up, and it wasn't until this showcase number 22 where they finally decided to kind of reinvent the concept of Green Lantern for the uh, the sci-fi age. Something I was a little surprised to learn, I was poking around here, Adam Strange showed up in Showcase 17, like, the year before this. And, uh, like, that's just so... Because, I mean, when you think about Julie Schwartz going up and, like, you know, doing the whole, like, the coming of the sci-fi heroes and all that, you think of him, like, going after the basics first, you know? Like, reinvent Flash and Green Lantern and Superman and all that stuff. And and then you kind of think, like, oh, okay, guys, like, like, like second-tier guys, like Adam Strange and all that, that would come later. But Adam Strange came out before Hal Jordan. Which I mean, I guess when I th- when I thought about it more, it did kind of make sense because, you know, you can draw parallels to other popular science fiction serialized characters of the time. Like he's he's really close to like Buck Rogers and that kind of thing. Right. But it was it was just weird in in terms of DC Comics. I was really surprised that that because I I always think of Hal as being like really the first of DC's space heroes when you know. Yeah, like even in here, we'll see. Like he's pretty much Earthbound, at least in his first issue. So actually, I think uh, Captain Comet came out like a year before the, this issue of Showcase in uh, like Strange Tales or something along those lines. Did it? Oh, that would make sense. Did you ever read um the Golden Age, the James Robinson miniseries? No, no. Well, it's this. This won't spoil anything, but like. By the end of it, it it takes place in the Golden Age with, like, the JSA and all that. And in the end of it, they show, you know, the first Silver Age, quote-unquote, hero showing up and his Captain Comet. So, like, I guess that would make sense for, like, why he picked him to throw in there at the end. So, yeah, like, my, my, uh, my biggest shock was that, well, not, not, not the biggest, because that's the eight years without a Green Lantern. Yeah. The, the next biggest shock was that they waited like three years between Flash to, you know, redo Green Lantern also. Well, I think that was just out of concern because, I mean, superhero comics had already like fallen out of popularity once, so they probably wanted to just reintroduce them slowly, you know? Like, if, Fla- if they put Flash out there and Barry Allen's book doesn't sell well enough, well, then at least they didn't waste their time and efforts putting out all these other things. They can go back to, I th- what was it? I think Western comics that made a comeback. <laughs> uh, I'm just generally surprised, because like, after reading Showcase, I, like, I didn't think it would hold up like it does. Oh, oh. I mean, yeah, yeah, just hold that. Hold that thought, because well, let's, let's go through the issue, and then we'll, we'll discuss it, like, as a whole. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I know what you're getting at, and I, I agree, but we'll get to that later. 
So, okay, so jumping right into the issue. Well, actually, before we jump right into the issue, we should probably, like, give a, uh, you know, kind of like a heads up of where people can find this issue. Oh, God. I've, I apparently own this in, like, three or four different forms. <laughs> you can find it anywhere. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, I have the the showcase, um, was it the showcase books? The black and white, really thick. Right. Not nine dollar trade things from like a few years back. Yeah, yeah, that that thing is amazing. Like that's got like what twenty six issues or something. Something like that, and it's like it's all it's it's the DC equivalent of the Marvel Essentials. So right. if you've seen those, and that's it's all black and white. It's really cost effective. I went the other route. <laughs> I've got I've got uh the Green Lantern Chronicles volume 1 which is um it's maybe like a third as thick as the showcase volume but it's in color. Yeah, it's in color and it reprints all of the stories chronologically where showcase does with some of them but others it just kind of throws in there. And you know, for my mind, I wanted to be able to get them in order and in color. Because, I mean, especially with something like Green Lantern, where, like, color is such a big deal. Yeah. So the stories, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll pay the extra money for that. And I think they just solicited the second volume of this or something. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would probably say that, yeah, going the route that you went is is definitely preferable for something like Green Lantern. Because the colors really do play a big part. Additionally, you also have the the hardcover archive editions, which you can get with uh, the first issue of Green Lantern in there. It's kind of like the Chronicles, only with a hardcover, I think. I've always wanted to get the first Alan Scott volume, but I can never justify spending that much. Yeah. Um, they've, they've reprinted this issue a number of times throughout the years. You could find an issue like that. Or if you go online, there are some websites that actually host, like, the entire issue. You have to search around for it, but you can find it out there. And that's the way that I went, because I wanted to see, like, the entire thing, including the the ads and, and everything else, just to get the, the real feel for it. Yes. Oh, I'm sure it's all semi-legal. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it was just for this issue. Yeah, yeah, that's how it starts. That's <laughs> how it starts. I'm pretty sure this is in that, um, at least the origin story is also in that, uh, you know, best of Green Lantern as chosen by Jeff Johns trade that came out, I think, last year. Is it? I think it is. I don't know. I'll check later. Okay, so, so now jumping in. This this comic is separated into three different stories. The first story is the origin of Green Lantern. And, you know, it's it's the typical origin in so much that Abin Sur is in a spaceship. It crash lands on Earth. He's dying. He needs to find a, a replacement, you know, Green Lantern on Earth. So he sends out, like, a, a beam of energy to find somebody that's completely without fear. It finds Hal Jordan. It brings him in his, like, his flightless simulator. So the, the flightless simulator starts flying towards the spaceship. He give, you know, Abin Sir, the dying alien, gives Hal Jordan his, his mystical ring. And, uh, 
you know, Hal Jordan becomes Green Lantern. That's basically it. I mean, that's the the origin, you know, as we've seen it numerous, numerous times. However, and and this is important, like there are a number of differences in this particular version than you will see in, in other versions. And Yeah. <laughs> like for my money, this is the best one. I could see that. I could go with that. I'll, I'll get to it after you, but like, like a lot of things jumped out at me in this. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So, like some of the things that I picked up on in, in this particular version of the origin is that there's a lot more emphasis on the battery, the you know the the, the lantern itself than the actual ring. You know, like the ring is just a conduit to the energy in the battery. I think Abin even tells the battery to find somebody. Exactly, yeah. Um, next up, he wants to seek out somebody who is completely without fear and is honest. Like, those are apparently, like, the two fundamental qualities for becoming a Green Lantern. Well, honest and fearless, that kind of, they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Well, well, maybe not. Not so much, but... You know, that's what you would want for a hero or a space cop. So the next, this is like the biggest thing, because I don't think they've ever, like, retold it in this way. When Hal is brought to Abin Sur, as Abin Sur is dying, he makes sure to tell Hal about the yellow weakness and the fact that he has to charge the ring every 24 hours to the battery. No, I've seen that in Super Friends. They did that there. <laughs> in Super Friends? Yeah, do you remember the episode where, like, the Legion of Doom goes back in time to try and mess up the different heroes' origins? Oh, okay, yes. And Lex Luthor becomes, like, the Green Luthor because he, like, shoves Hal Jordan out of the simulator. <laughs> but that's the only time I've seen that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, like, every other time that they've reproduced it in comics, like, either he doesn't tell him about the yellow weakness, or... Like, he doesn't take the battery. <laughs> and then, you know, it's like, it's just a story about, like, oh, no, what is he going to do, you know, because he doesn't have the battery? How is he going to recharge? Or, oh, no, he just flew into a giant yellow, you know, sign, and that just completely took him out, you know, stuff like that. It, it's it's just, it clears the way so nicely for, uh, you know, just get ready to tell the stories that they plan on telling. I like that. Something that I kind of latched onto was the simulator Hal is in, not only did he build it himself, but he built it to train astronauts. Yes. And that's something, like, I can't remember how big a part this is of, like, his, like I guess, mainstream character, but, like, like this is something that Darwin Cook really latched onto when he did uh, New Frontier. Where, like, Hal's big thing is, like, he wants to reach the stars. I never realized he was taking that from, like, the original Silver Age origin of Hal Jordan. So that actually gave New Frontier an extra layer for me. That's awesome. Um, was it a little odd to you that, like, they were communicating through telepathy for some reason? Not really, because, you know, it's it's a simple explanation. It allows them to communicate, and it makes sense, you know? Yeah. Because, like, you don't want to take the time, you know, he's not going to take the time to explain, like, you know, oh, there's a universal translator, you know, you know, thing, transmitter 
in the ring. So it's translating the words that I say to the you know words that you can hear. It's like that. That's too much. It's like you think that's too much. You know, for someone who's dying and like on death's door right now, Abinser wastes like a load of time just telling his life story for no reason. He could, he didn't even just jump right to the explanation. He's like, "Well, here's what I did today. I was flying around <laughs> this and that." He's like, "No, no, just tell him how to use the ring." And like every every couple minutes, he'll stop to say, "Like, listen, I don't have much time left." <laughs> So here's where I was going on my day off from work, and the wife and kids were back on... <laughs> he wastes so much time. Well, knowing how his predecessor died, you know, I think that's that's got some significance. Because at this point, they didn't have, like... I don't know if they had, like, ring play playback so that the Guardians could find out, you know, like, oh, well, oh, it turns out he died this way. So, like, he was giving his last will and testament, mm -hmm. you know, whereas opposed to, like, you know, the working out the mechanics of the Universal Translator, it's just so much easier just to go with telepathy. And we can add another Abinsert death to the list. <laughs> he just kind of sees something bright and runs into the Earth. Yellow radiation. Similar to the Aurora Borealis, but not exactly the Aurora Borealis. Yeah, do you think this was, like, a response to, like, people... Cause, uh, when was the whole atomic bomb thing? Um, like, what was it? Two decades earlier? Oh, okay, because that could... Because I was thinking, like, could that be some holdover from that? Because, like, like that's the reason, like, so many Marvel heroes are based on radiation. I don't think so. I think they they kind of just, you know, play it off as either atmosphere or just kind of like uh, maybe they were setting it up for something in the future. I love how, like, Abinser is like, yeah, I was just reading this dialogue and, like, like <laughs> it's so funny. He's like, he's so dramatic at random instances. <laughs> he's so pushy for a dying guy. He's like... He's not just like, here, take my ring. He's he's like, now take my ring. Let me put it on you. <laughs> <laughs> like a creepy old man. He really is. And like right below, we get that panel where Hal just is like just putting on the dead body's clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's creepy. It's like, he told me to put on his clothes. <laughs> he wasn't dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, what did you think of the fact, like, the very last panel of this thing is Hal commenting on how he, like, sure hopes people fear him. <laughs> and in time, I hope to make Green Lantern a name to be feared by evildoers everywhere. I suppose the evildoers everywhere part makes it okay, but still, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice foreshadowing, I have to say that. Oh. And what I what I also like is that when he moves a mountain and he makes a point of saying it's like anything I will to happen, I can make happen. Yeah, I was surprised the mountain thing was from the original story because I've seen that a lot. But, uh, I mean, like, throwing in the concept of willpower, it's like they establish, they establish everything, everything you need to know about Green Lantern basically within the first issue. Oh, they, they introduce the concept that the battery is made of a special metal 
that has a yellow impurity. And like if you take out the yellow impurity in the metal, then it loses its power. I, I've heard that. I, you know that that's that's the the working definition that I had heard for a while for yeah the original stuff. It kind of makes you wonder though. Like, did they know going in how lame a weakness this was? So they're just trying to justify it by like, well, no, they can't get rid of it, or the ring won't work there. Yeah, I don't know. Because I mean, it's one thing to say what the weakness is, but it's another to say what the weakness is and then immediately give a reason why they can't get rid of it. It's like why would you need to go that extra step? Oh hey, Hal's jumpsuit is orange. That's foreshadowing him turning into an orange lantern. <laughs> uh I don't think they uh were thinking that far ahead. Are you doubting the writing chops of John Broom? Come on. I I'm doubting the ability of John Broom's, you know, ability to see 50 years into the future. Well, they had already established, like, two years before this, that cosmic treadmills exist. So I think <laughs> anything is anything is fair game. Uh, one thing that I, I also noticed is that on, you know, this original costume throughout the uh, the first issue, anyway, you know, the, the lantern image on it is a lot similar to Alan Scott's lantern image than the Green Lantern image we have today. Yeah, where it's more like a picture of an actual lantern. Yeah. Okay, so uh, in the comic, if you were reading it, you would see an ad for a Frontier cabin and high-powered binoculars. A dollar for the cabin and 50 cents for the binoculars. Wait, 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 like an actual cabin you could go and, like, live in? Large enough for two children to play in. Oh, alright. Well, for a dollar, you know. Yeah, really. Probably made out of cardboard. I'd, I'd take it. Um, next up, and this is something that, like, you know, I really got a kick out of. This isn't in the uh, Green Lantern Chronicles book, which it's kind of a shame because it's 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 just one page long, but it's a really cool thing. It's it's called Green Oddities, and it basically just gives like four examples of how like uh, the color green is, uh, you know, like, they regard it as either being, you know, lucky or unlucky and stuff like that. Like, during Halloween, people would hang, like, green branches over their door to keep, like, the uh, the bad spirits out. Hmm. There's, like, a, a, su- a huge superstition, like, you know, totally unlucky to be a bride wearing green, like, a green dress on your wedding day. Is that why all brides wear white? Well, that's why all brides don't wear green. Oh, all right, well. Um, another one is that, like, you have, like, ten days after Christmas, after the twelfth day of Christmas, to get rid of all green decorations in your house. Oh, God, we, we keep our tree for so much longer than that. <laughs> yes. Well, that probably explains all your bad luck. Unless your house was buried, uh, was built atop a a peridot. What? Okay, like a a peridot is like a green stone. It's uh, like a a precious stone. And apparently if you bury it underneath like a house or something like that, then you'll have good luck living in the house. How the hell would I get under my house? I like... You'd have to bury one before they built it. Okay, 
dig some sort of tunnel and support it with wood and just get under there. And then throw in the stone and then fill in the hole? Yeah, well, yeah, or have the house collapse under, yeah. <laughs> what if I go into my basement and dig a hole and then put it down there and then cover up the hole? Uh, I think that would work. They're very loose with these rules. I like it. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, just like, just one page, but, you know, it's it's an interesting page. Do they put that in, like, a lot, or is it just in this first issue? I'm not entirely sure, because so, I was just reading this first issue. Want to take the next story? All right. It's a uh, secret of the flaming spear, and you know we're introduced to Carol Ferris and Ferris Aircraft. We're like, well, we saw Ferris Aircraft already, but here's Carol, and you know, true to form, Hal Jordan's trying to pick her up, and what surprised the hell out of me was that she says yes. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, a plane crashes. So like, Hal just ditches her. Goes out as Green Lantern and and uh, you know brings it safely to the ground. He his ring picks up on some weird radiation that he traces back to you know the most evil thing in the world, a bald man in a business suit in a hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> and he like flies. He pulls this trick that they do a lot in this issue that I really like, where like he'll just use his energy to like intangibly fly through a wall. And he gets a drop on these guys, he's deflecting bullets, he gets hit in the face with a lamp and just goes down. <laughs> <laughs> it's a yellow lamp. Well, yeah, yeah, they... <laughs> yeah, he, they, they, uh, cause, again, new character, new powers, they want to hit home the weakness, so he gets knocked down by a yellow lamp, and he tries to stop their getaway car, but fails because it's yellow. Uh, he eventually, like, blows out the tires and catches the bad guy. And... You know, we we get to meet Carol's father, Willard Ferris, which I'm fairly sure they change his name to Carl eventually. <laughs> I'm God Willard, Jesus. He, he's on panel like in seven frames for the sole purpose of saying hi. I'm giving my company to my daughter, and then leaves for two years. To which you know it frustrates the hell out of Hal because. Now we get the Carol we know and love who will have nothing to do with dating an employee. Yeah. Uh, that was, I have to say at the beginning of this, when I saw her say, you know, yes, yeah, let's, let's go out, I was shocked. Like, I was wondering, like, well, when the hell did they bring in her whole <laughs> attitude of, I'm not gonna ever have fraternized with the help. Turns out it's like three pages later, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was interesting. It's like, like Hal's reaction to two years. <laughs> uh, well, not, not, not only that, but like the way that he's, he like comes on so strong. <laughs> it's like, he's like standing over his shoulder. It's like caressing her shoulder. Oh, it's this like, is subtle. This is subtle compared to the next story, but yeah, uh, <laughs> This, like, I I also love how, like, like, this is so not the Carol Ferris I know, because it's like, like, hey, Carol, let's go out. Okay. Oh, no, some, a plane's crashing. Well, he's dead. <laughs> it's just so weird. But at the same time, it's like... <laughs> You're right. It's like, poor Frank, he hasn't a chance. <laughs> it's like, well, couldn't he have jet? Well, nope, nope. 
He's dead. Cleon's locker. Let's let's go hire somebody. Let's get his replacement in here. It's like, oh no, look, he, he's he's ejecting. He's he's gonna be safe. Uh, now now they the snipers will get him. <laughs> Too late. Somebody go scrape up Frank. <laughs> Something that I thought was cool, and I went back to check. Uh, the the jet that's crashing that he saves is completely red. And that's something that they kept visually in uh, Secret Origins, the Jeff Johns, Evan Hayes story from, like, last year. You mean Ivan Reese? I mean Evan Hayes. Hey, yeah, that's a good point. Good point with that. Um, so so some of the things that I loved about this this story, the the device that the villains are using to take down the plane is a radiation sender. <laughs> that's the best name ever. I, I mean, like, it, it's just, it's so simplistic, but, like, they don't have to even explain it. It's just, it's a radiation sender, sends out radiation, brings down planes. That's what it does. <laughs> End of story. Let's move on. <laughs> I wonder if that's why the bad guy's bald. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, probably from the radiation being sent. It's just in his bedroom all the time. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, yeah, uh, you, 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 you had a good point, like, the phasing through the walls. Yeah, he should really do that more. I think, like, in, towards the end of Kyle's series, he went through a phase where he did that a bunch, but it hasn't come up a lot. Well, um, what is it, uh, Alan Scott did that a lot, I think, You using his ring to become intangible. He still, I think he still teleports around a lot with his ring, too. The Flaming Spear has got to be the worst name for an aircraft I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's like you expect it to fail. Um, you had a good point with the yellow lamp. Like, the sole purpose of that is just to emphasize the weakness in the first issue. Yeah. Oh, but it it generated the greatest line of dialogue ever, though. We lamped him out. Yes! <laughs> I am going to say that from now on, whenever appropriate. Uh, which is never. I'll make it work. If um, you, you shoehorned, you know, Indigo over there, like, into, like, eight different conversations with me, so I'm going to figure out how to make We Lamped Him Out work. Don't Indigo there, girlfriend. <laughs> and she'll be like, don't make me lamp you out. <laughs> Uh, another thing that I loved about this story, like, right away, they introduced the fact that the ring can, like, make actual objects. Like, you get the ice picks taking out the black tires, and then it creates a three-way lasso to capture all three of the bad guys at once. Actually, I just listened to, a uh, don't know what episode number it was, but, um... Uh, Comic Geek Speak, they did Stump the Rios, and one of the questions was, you know, what was Hal's first construct? Was the ice picks here? <laughs> did he, was he able to get that? No. <laughs> That's a tough one. It is. I thought it was so, like, funny. Like, I, 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 get, I get what this was supposed to come off as, but, like, when Hal phases into the room, they do, like, like, oh, is that a, it, it's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's not Superman... My first reaction was like, right, so their first instinct when seeing Hal fly through their wall is to confirm that, (laughs) nope, he's not a bird. (laughs) It's not an aeroplane either. (laughs) Hey, look, it's a man phasing through our wall. 
hey, that's not Superman. <laughs> As if Superman did that. Oh. <laughs> uh, could you imagine, like, I could see them reacting this way if Hal, like, knocked and walked through their door. It's like, hey, what are you guys doing? That? Holy crap, it's not a bird! Shoot it! Shoot it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what would they say if it was a bird? They'll be like, oh my god, it's not Green Lantern! Shoot it! Shoot it! <laughs> it's not a plane or Superman! But sure as hell, it's a bird! Now they would see the bird and say, hi, Superman, and just go about their day. Oh, uh, I, I did like that line, though. What do you think about, like, how Hal's beams are always, like, they look like lightning bolts? I'm cool with that. It's a little weird, because I'm, I'm used to seeing it smooth, you know? I guess depending on who draws it, but... You know... I can get used to it. You know, it, it definitely it signifies the concept that it's energy coming out of the ring. And that, that's that's definitely what they were going for. Um, oh, here we get the uh, introduction to the Green Lantern Oath. Oh, uh, yeah, that is the first time we see it. Right in the very first issue. It's right there. Yeah. I've actually seen this panel online a lot of places, too. It's weird, because, I mean, with with a character like Superman, like, there's so much of his classic stuff that was not in his first appearance. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, the Daily Planet, half his, like, most of his supporting cast, like, it wasn't even mentioned in Action Comics 1. His, his powers also. Yeah, like, he, he, he got completely changed around over time, but, like, like, with Green Lantern, like, every... Almost everything is right here. Like everything as far as how Jordan and his little circle goes, but you know. I like how they, you know, they write Carol like a strong woman. They do, and that's that's because I mean, you you try and put it in the context of the fifties or like late fifties, early sixties, sort of like you would expect her to be more like like I, I don't know how to say like damsel into stressy. Or, like, not smart or whatever. But, you know, here they put her in charge of her own company. And they made her the boss. Right. And I get the distinct feeling from, like, this issue alone that, yeah, she already kind of thinks Hal is Green Lantern. (laughs) (laughs) It's like they're introducing the usual superhero girlfriend tropes, but they're, like, they've almost completely moved past it immediately. They're just skirting the edges of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, oh, and then the very last panel. Um, what color was the, uh, the lantern in, in your book? In the, in the last panel of the story? Yeah. It's, like, a really dark shade of green. Really? Yeah, why? What is in yours? Gray. I could definitely see that. Like, if it was, like, a notch darker, it would be gray, but... They probably recolored it for, for your book. Yeah. So, now, if you were reading the actual issue then this is the point where you would get one page of, like, the history of guided missiles. Like, how to make them. No, not so much how to make them. Just, you know, guided missiles, like, through the ages kind of thing. Which is interesting because the very next story has to do with guided missiles. I actually do have that history of missiles. Oh, you do? It says right here, see Wikipedia. (laughs) Ah... Ah. John Broom, he saw it coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
There's also a text page on uh, being a test pilot. And then it goes into story number three in one ten-cent comma. Has it? Wait, have they said in here that Hal's a test pilot yet? Yeah, yeah, I think they established that, like, right off the bat. Oh, that's, it was here. Yeah, because it, in the in the panel where they talk about the simulator. Because it struck me, like, we see him hanging out at work a lot, but not actually working. <laughs> it's a very stressful job. He's got to take breaks. Oh, yeah. Oh, actually, we open on him working. Oh, well, there we are. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, basically, uh, Hal's trying to get another date with Carol. <laughs> that ain't going down too well. But she'll be going to the Celebrity Ball. Too bad Hal Jordan's not Green Lantern, because Green Lantern is uh, invited. So Hal's like, oh, sweet, I'm Green Lantern. I'm going to get to go. He, you know, charges up his uh, his ring, says the oath again, and he shows up to the party, and basically just spends the entire party, like, you know, dancing it up with, uh, with Carol Ferris. They go out to the balcony, and they share a passionate kiss. But then, all of a sudden, Green Lantern notices a missile flying through the sky, headed towards, oh, shoot, they say it, Coast City. Sweet. They give the name of the city. Just in time to blow it up. Just in time. So, Green Lantern, fortunately, notices this missile, flies off to go save it. Only problem is, it's yellow. So, is, uh, you know, anything he does isn't, you know, isn't helping to, to get it. And then he realizes that the very tip of it is red. So, he creates, like, a giant energy net to, like, stop it, like, at the point. And it bends his net because of all the yellow, but it, it is able to stop it. And uh, from there, like, he was able to, like, do some research, basically, like, you know, okay, well, did anybody see a, a missile getting launched because it's not from the Army? It was headed towards a, a hydrogen power, like, investigation, like, building, like, where they were trying to harvest hydrogen energy finally finds, like, where the thing was launched from, and it's some dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you know, he's a scientist, but he kind of looks like, like a creepy dude that you would see in a bar that deserves a toupee, but he doesn't have one. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's got a, he, he's, he's prepared for, for Hal Jordan. Like, he's been expecting him. So he has like, a metal battering ram kind of thing aimed in one location. Like, <laughs> it just so happened, like, that he was so lucky that Hal Jordan happened to be standing in this one location. But, too bad, he's got a magic ring, and he turns the battering, battering ram into water. A stream of water. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that dude is taken to jail, and, uh... And then, like, the funniest thing... You know, Hal Jordan, you know, as Green Lantern, goes to Ferris Aircraft to apologize to Carol for leaving in the middle of a kiss. And she's, like, totally pissed off at him because if he had been as into the kiss as she was, he would have been closing his eyes and he wouldn't have seen the missile. So the fact that he saved the entire city... Completely meaningless. It's like he wasn't involved with the kiss. That's the big thing. 
you know, what a stupid bitch. I mean, she's pissed off that he had his eyes open when he kissed her. Uh, Not for flying off and leaving her in the dead of night, for having his eyes open. <laughs> oh man! Like they're, they've started already to to cement Carol as like this just belligerent person <laughs> like, that, we, that we remember her at. I, I love the line of dialogue as he's like showing up. He's landing. He's like, "I've got to apologize to Carol for my hasty exit last night." That's my excuse for coming here. <laughs> like, <laughs> if they just cut off one last sentence, it would make perfect sense. But they just kept going. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, something I'm taking away from this issue altogether is that if you're an old white guy wearing <laughs> a suit and you're in an apartment by yourself and you're bald... You're probably evil, and you probably have a comically large machine that shoots deadly stuff. Uh, whether it be battery grams or radiation. Yeah, he, and he's, he's so nonchalant about it, too. He's like, oh, Green Lantern, I was half expecting you. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't offer him some tea or something. Oh, I was half expecting you. That's why I have this battery gram that's not completely built yet. How the hell did he turn it into water? He just shot it, and it just randomly became water. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but apparently the ring can do that. I wonder if it was, like, how, like, Alan Scott in the beginning, all he could do was, like, fly and, like, turn intangible and, like, affect metal or in weird ways. Yeah. Like, maybe that it got more defined as they went. It definitely did. Doesn't get this yellow weakness thing, does he? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like, what do you mean I can't affect the missile? <laughs> oh, wait. It's because it's yellow. I should have noticed it's because the missile's color, yellow color. I should have done. He really, you should notice. You have a ring that can do <laughs> anything at all except affect yellow. You'd, you'd think that that's, like, something that you could grasp, like, pretty much immediately. This is proof, I think, that Admin Sir was too long-winded. Because, like... Hal probably just kind of, like, faded in and out of the story. <laughs> just, like, started li thinking about, like, 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 oh, I wonder if my team's playing this weekend. Uh. <laughs> listen, listen, let me, give me your hand. I want to put my ring on it. Like, shut up. I'm trying to remember the name of a song. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you the one weakness as I get out of my uniform so you can put it on. <laughs> And I was just thinking to himself, have I had White Castle yet this week? Uh, <laughs> were you surprised at how, like, how quickly, like, because most of this issue is moving along at the same pace, but all of a sudden, in, like, one page, he gets ready to go to the party, gets to the party, is at the party for several hours, and leaves the party. Like, in one page. <laughs> you know, I actually... That it flowed so nicely. Like, okay, so now now that we, we've pretty much gotten to the end of the comic, like, this, uh, as well as the rest of it, like, the whole thing just, like, really had a nice flow. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, so they didn't focus on what was going on at the party, but that wasn't the, you know, that was the point of this story. So it's, it's like, you know, the whole point is just that, you know, Green Lantern was invited, he went, he, you know, spent the whole night dancing with Carol, because he's totally into her. 
And, you know, that's it. Oh, the the one thing that, uh, the one thing that I did think that was, was pretty funny was, uh, I guess it was the end of the second story. Yeah, yeah. Hal Jordan is thinking to himself, Sigh, my power ring can do anything for me except get me the one thing in the world I want most. Carol. It's kind of ironic, because, like, in the very next story, he's dancing with her and making out with her because he's Green Lantern. So yeah. it, it kind of did get get him her. <laughs> I like the decreased sense of urgency surrounding this missile attack, because, like, like the, this, uh, what's this military dude? Is he a colonel? Yeah, I think he's a colonel. Yeah. He's like, I can get you this information so you can track down these, you know, bombers or whatever, and and they're like, okay, see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> like, wouldn't you go looking, like, that night or something? I think Hal Jordan did. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> yeah, by early morning, you're right, you're right. By early morning, Green Lantern has received a list of the official spotter list stations. Yeah, so, you know, the <laughs> somebody shot a missile at the city, Hal stopped it, <laughs> went home, had dinner, <laughs> went to sleep for, like, eight hours, got up. Probably had some coffee, went to work, then checked in with the colonel, and then stopped the missile-launching guy. You know, you would think that, okay, well, he stopped the missile. Okay, time to head back to the party, because he's only been gone for, like, five, ten minutes at most. I'm surprised the bald dude didn't shoot another missile, because, like, it would have been really obvious right away that it didn't work. Well, missiles don't exactly grow on trees. They're expensive. Well, then he can bring his freaking, like, telescopic battering ram right next to the building and just keep hitting it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay. So, so that's, that's the issue on a whole. Now, okay, so, so thoughts, thoughts on the issue. I'm, like I said, I'm really surprised how well it held up. And, you know, I would have to see back-to-back to compare, because, like, I don't know how the coloring in this... Like, I, I don't know if, like, this is, like, stupendously better quality coloring that than was in the original issue, but like, the artwork in here, it's all really good. Because, I mean, I associate old older, like, comics of this era as being, like, kind of shaky. Like, sometimes the art looks really good, other times it doesn't at all, and, yeah, like, no. really... Rel- really relying on color to tie it together. Like, I thumbed through the uh, the first essential of the X-Men once, because I thought, you know, it might be cool to own the first few X-Men stories. And I put it back just because, like, okay, this was blatantly designed to be in color. Like, this just looks... And this is no offense to, you know, it, the artists who did it or the fans of the work, but it just... It just did not look good at all in black and white. So, but with this, like, I feel like I could, and I have the showcase. I've seen it in black and white, and it right. still looks good without it. I mean, I, I still agree. Like, yeah, you absolutely need these in color because color is a big part of the stories. Yeah. But you know, the artwork is like surprisingly solid. Like by by the the very concept of the yellow weakness, like not not seeing it in color is definitely a detriment. However, like. The showcases themselves with with this you know art in black and white, I mean like it's really really nice artwork. Like this is gorgeous artwork. Like you know if if they put out this comic today, 
I mean, like, even aside from the artwork, if they put this comic out today, and even if they, okay, okay, so you're not going to get the same thing for 73 cents. But if they charge me $3.99 for this, I would walk away feeling completely satisfied. Because you're getting, you're not just getting three different stories. Like, you're getting one story that's an origin story, and has the entire origin that you need to know for, like, you know, for from here on till forever, you're going to know like the full on origin to Hal Jordan. It gives us, you know, two two more stories about him in action as Green Lantern. It gives us like a couple of little, you know, extra little, you know, one page bonus features here and there about different things. The art is really good. The story is really good. You're right, it does hold up. I mean, you know, reading this, like I I, I think like through the years, I have, like, I've seen this issue, like, a number of times. And I think up till now, I've probably only just kind of, like, scanned the issues and never really just absorbed the entire dialogue or, you know, really taken the time to sit down and just absorb the whole issue on a whole. And, yes. you know, ha- you know be- getting the chance to do that for this episode, it's like, I love this. Like, if I was a kid, you know, put myself in a kid, you know, back in 1959 when this issue came out, like, if I got this, like, I'm set. I'm sold. Like, I'm buying Green Lantern forever because this is, like, the coolest thing ever. Oh, yeah, definitely. I like, like, again, like, I, the entire reason I bought this Chronicles volume in general was because, like, you know, it's a cool-sounding package where, okay, it's the is all of Hal Jordan's stories from the beginning in order. And they're going to be in color. Okay, why not? It, might, it, it was the same thing with the X-Men thing. I thought, like, okay, it'll be cool to be able to, like, own and maybe read the read them once or whatever. But, like, I wasn't expecting something that looked this good, read this well, and, like, actually gave these characters depth in a really short span of time. Like I was, cause I mean I listened to uh to Tom versus the Flash, which you know, it's it's kind of doing like what we're doing here, except one one issue of the Flash per episode. Right. And you know I always and I have a lot of fun. That's one of my favorite podcasts. But like, I always chalk that up to like, well yeah, if you're into into the old comics, yeah sure, it's it's, it's probably more fun to listen to someone talk about it than to read it, but. Like, I'm going to... Because they're also doing Chronicles of the Flash, so I'm going to go check, like, look for those now. Because I'm like, okay, if this is what the Green Lantern ones are like, I have to jump on some of the others. Yeah, like, I don't know, because I've read some some books from, you know, back in the day, back in the Silver Age. And typically speaking, they don't hold up this well. Well, I think the, at least the Flash will, because I think it's by... Uh, I don't know what order the creators happened in, but it's virtually this creative team. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's I'm kicking myself right now because like I've had this book in my box, like I've had this in my home for like months and just cracked it open because we we're gonna do this episode. Yeah. And I'm like, damn it! I should have been reading this more. Yeah. Or sooner. <laughs> I should have been reading this more. Yeah, you know. Oh, something we didn't touch on is, like, Hal's super creepy, like, borderline attempted rapist try to get Carol to go out with him. 
Oh, in the third story? Yeah, where he's like, alright, I gotta... <laughs> like, like he, he puts on his best suit, and he just walks up to her in her office. He, like, he, like grabs her by the hips and, like, rubs up against her and then pins her against a filing cabinet. He's <laughs> like, like, hey, you wanna go to dinner? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Classy guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Like, and that's not, like, you would expect them to go, like, a little more, a little more, uh, not clean, but, like, more, like, straight, straight arrow kind of approach with him early on, you know? Yeah. Like, there's so much stuff, like, in these characters I thought came later. Like, I expected them to be kind of cookie cutter. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely not. I wonder how they were going to invite Green Lantern to this party. Yeah, I don't know, I guess it got lost in the mail if he didn't get it. How would you mail it to him? Oh, all right. <laughs> the only thing I think this this first issue was kind of missing was, like, villains that weren't... Like, I don't even care that it's not supervillains, but, like, it was just, like, a random person doing a random thing for no real reason. Well, they, they kind of gave a reason for the last guy, but still, it's like... Yeah. Like, hey, bald guy in a business suit in an apartment... He's got a big machine. Get him. Yeah, no, just, like, the second one is, like, sabotage, but for what reason, we have no idea. And I'm actually, I'm looking at, uh, Showcase 23, which looks like it it debuts his first supervillain, which I actually did not know was the Invisible Destroyer. Oh, yeah, that, the guy that's just a costume? Yeah, the guy who's invisible, but completely wastes it by putting on clothes you can see. <laughs> uh but yeah this this is really good yeah yeah no without a doubt because i mean and i'm coming at this like it says from the perspective of somebody who's not really into reading older comics that much like just because i have it in my head like what it's most likely going to be like but you know if you can get it and you can get it rep- reprinted in color then you know, read this. Absolutely. Yeah, like, without a doubt, if you're if you're a fan of Green Lantern, then, like, you owe it to yourself to check this out. Man, 50 years. Wow. Yeah. What's the, like, what's the average life expectancy these days? Is it, like, close to 100 or something, or is it, like... I think, like, 70... Was it 72 to 75 for a guy? That seems kind of low. I prefer 100. Me too. But I think that's <laughs> what the expected C is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, so how's, how would be past middle age? Hmm. Well, I mean, he did kind of get a break for, uh, like, the better part of a decade. Oh, well, yeah, he's on, he was on sabbatical, you know. He's <laughs> chilling out by a beach. No. <laughs> so if you think about it, Hal's doing like, like midlife crisis-y stuff, which you know, incidentally, that should be the next DC event—the midlife crisis, where like <laughs> they all just like get sports cars and just date girls half their age. God, <laughs> he's like he's already he's gotten rid of the what the gray in his hair and he's running around with his old buddies again. So yeah, you know, he's I think he's in denial about getting up there in years. Uh, if you say so. I do. I do. Well, I just... All I have to say is, uh... 50 years, 
It's a great character. He had a great start, and uh, you know, to many, many more. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm warming up to the character more as we as we look at this stuff. One one thing that you had, you know, one more thing you had mentioned, like they took a character like Alan Scott, and you know, they basically discarded you know almost all of it, and restarted you know with a completely fresh new concept and somehow it worked when you know maybe it shouldn't have yeah because i mean like this you know like you can uh, how to say it like like this is more or less where everything we have today came from i mean and you know that's not to take anything away from alan scott i love alan scott and certainly like alan scott is where hal jordan came from yeah but you know, without the intermediary of Hal Jordan, you couldn't have gone straight from Alan Scott to, you know, John Stewart and <laughs> Kyle Rayner and Guy Gardner and the Green Lantern Corps. Right. Like this issue, this incarnation, this is what took the basics set up by Alan Scott's stories. And like it took the work of Martin O'Dell and it it kinda mushed it around a little bit to give us everything that we enjoy in the comics today. Yeah. It's just so weird because I'm reading this. I'm thinking about like, wow, if they hadn't done this this way, or this, if they had left out this part or this part, like, what would we, what might we not have right now? You know? Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's a good story. It's a, it's a good deal for kids. They're getting three, three stories for a dime. You still can't get over that price point, can you? Seriously, no, because you know when you account for inflation. And this book is only, like, you know, the equivalent of 73 cents. Like, okay, so we're not going to get a comic for 73 cents nowadays. You know, unless it's, like, a 99-cent issue or a 50-cent issue or a dime issue or whatever. Free comic book day? Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, aside from that stuff, like, we, we've all gotten used to paying the 2.99s and the 3.99s for comics already. But... With our, you know, with the, the way that the economy is and, you know, the way money is nowadays, if we were living in a world where all it took was 73 cents to get a comic, you know, 75 cents, I mean, people spend that on a candy bar. For a candy bar, you know, you could get three very, you know, great art, great stories, you know, it just... Something that, you know, actually takes a few minutes to read. You know, it's not like five minutes and you're done. This this takes a little longer because you have the three stories. It's, you know, it's such such a good deal for children. And and I can see why, you know, this, this medium was so successful for kids back then. And nowadays, like, you know, I guess with the, you know, the better paper and... You know, they want better artists and, you know, better colorists and better inkers and better writers and writers that have worked on movies and, you know. I don't think it's, I don't think the paper thing, really, because that's come up a lot and, like, enough people who would know have kind of discounted that, so I don't think the paper makes, makes that big of a dent. So, I mean, you know, even if you discount the paper, then, like, the distribution costs, you know, gas to get the comics from this place to the other place postage, you know, um, all these different costs that go into it now that just, you know, make a comic cost three times, more than three times as much, you know, four times as much 
as this comic would cost nowadays, you know, accounting for inflation, like, you'd be able to buy so many more comics, and and kids would be able to afford comics. They, they'd actually be able to go into a comic book store and, like, get a handful of comics to go read, and it wouldn't, and they, they still have money left over, as opposed to, you know, nowadays, they go into a comic book store, and they have to decide, okay, do I want to go see a movie, or do I want three comic books? Do I want to go get a video game, or do I want, like, you know, one year's worth of Superman from the comic book store? You know? Mm-hmm. And when you have to make decisions like that, you know, comics, it, it's, it's, a, it's a tough fight. So, you know, kids, kids back then, kids back in 1959 that were getting the opportunity to get this showcase number 22, they, they were pretty lucky. So I think what you're saying is that if you're listening to us, go have kids and you raise them to read comics. Go. We'll wait. <laughs> what? And then send them back in time so they can get this? If that's a viable option by the time they're old enough, Sure. <laughs> um, go get that cosmic treadmill with John Broom has lying around. Uh, oh man! Uh, how about the how about the fact that his origin story was only six pages long? Because like when I originally thought we were only doing the origin story, I was like, "Holy crap! We might actually get in under an hour with this." <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> like if this was told today, well. You know, we we know what it would be if it was told today because Jeff Johns did it. But like, if this if these three stories were gonna be told today in the first issue, like it would have been one story. It it wouldn't be three separate stories. All the events would be happening, but they would all be happening at once, and the plots would be intertwined. There would be some sort of like bald guy in suit coalition or something trying to work towards a common goal. And <laughs> now, if they wanted to tell this same issue, it would take like. Eight months, and uh, it all got collected in one hardcover when it got done. And the variant covers, my god, my god. Sometimes the plane would be yellow, sometimes it would be red. Okay. What do you say we take one more break and then uh, come back and close out the show? Okay. <laughs> Put another candle on my birthday cake, we're gonna bake a birthday cake. Put another candle on my birthday cake, I'm another year old today. I'm gonna have a party with my birthday cake, come on and take some birthday cake. Put another candle on my birthday cake, I'm another year old today. We'll have some pie and sandwiches and chocolate ice cream too. We'll sing and play the day away. And one more thing I'm gonna do I'll blow out the candles on my birthday cake And when I do, a wish I'll make Put another candle on my birthday cake I'm another year old today Put 
another candle on my birthday cake. We're gonna bake a birthday cake. Put another candle on my birthday cake. I'm another year old today. I'm gonna have a party with my birthday cake. Come on and take some birthday cake. Put another candle on my birthday cake. I'm another year old today. We'll have some pie and sandwiches and chocolate ice cream too. We'll sing and play the day away. And one more thing I'm gonna do. I'll blow out the candles on my birthday cake. And when I do, I wish I'll make. Put another candle on my birthday cake. I'm another year old today. Happy birthday to you. I'm another year old today. And we're back, everybody. And I have another status update for my Red Lantern battery project. Do you hate it yet? No, not yet. Well, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) I was able to get some time, and I broke out the Dremel, and got a lot of uh, carving done, got some sanding done. I got a little more sanding to do to get everything nice and even. Might have to do a little more cutting. But uh, right now I, I have all the pieces like in their basic shapes that have to get put together. And uh, this lantern is, is well on its way to getting built. So how much time do you think it will take you to finish this thing from here? Well, like, it's basically when I get the opportunity to spend the time. So it may take, like, another month, but it's only actually going to take, like, you know, a half hour here and an hour there or a half hour there or whatever. Huh. Nice. Yep. I'll have pictures on the website eventually. Very cool. Very cool. I, I'm curious to see how this thing looks. Because, <laughs> like, you're telling me, like, oh, I got this part over here, and I got a pla- some Tupperware over here, and I got this cone from this place over here. And, uh, like, I assume you're going to, like, paint it all red after the fact. Because yep. I know there's some pieces are red already. Yep. Are you going to, you know what you should do? You should, like, try and, like, mix a shade of red that's, like, blood red. I don't know if they have that already, but you should you should do that. I'm gonna well, I'm gonna prime the whole thing first, and then I'm gonna look for like a metallic red, because it's made out of metal. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And blood. And blood. And uh, we'll see. So, okay, let's 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 close it out there, Dan. All right. Um. <laughs> if you want, if you want, wow. If you want to uh, contact us, it's lanterncast at gmail dot com. You can talk to us more frequently and casually on our forums at thecomicforums dot com. Just scroll down to lanterncast. It's under L. It's you know all alphabetical, alphabetical, and we also have. A link to the forums on our website, lanterncast.com. There's also some other stuff there, like a gallery and gallery. <laughs> and a link to the forums if you don't want to type in an address. And, oh, we're on Facebook. <laughs> yes, please join our Facebook page. How many are we up to? How many fans are we up to on Facebook, huh? Is As it enough of... yet? As of, no, no, not enough yet. As of this recording, we have 66 fans on Facebook. Oh, see, see? I think that's one more since last episode.
at least one more. <laughs> and uh, we're also on iTunes. Yes. If you have an iTunes account, then please, please, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. And if you leave a review, then make sure to, like, give some sort of shout-out to the forums or the Facebook page and let us know who you are so that in case we hold a contest later on, we will know who you are. You keep saying that. Like, do you have an actual idea for a contest? I may or may not. That means no. I may or may not. They'll have to wait and see. There's no contest. Uh, we have uh, we have uh, our own email addresses also. Uh, yeah, right, give me the goddamn password for my email account. Do it. I'll bleep it out. Just do it. Fine. <laughs> fine. I'll give it to you as soon as we get done recording. Oh, you're lying. I'm Jim at LanternCast.com. I'm Dan at LanternCast.com. And our program director is Jason at LanternCast.com. Yeah, you can email all of us and, you know, at least two of us will get back to you. Because, you know, he won't let me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, uh, that's all, folks. Happy birthday, Green Lantern. Many, many more. Yeah, here's to another 50. Good night, folks. Night. Ever have to hear my voice?